Next Thing with Jing is made possible through generous funding from Accelerate, Technovation, Cleveland Leadership Center, Citizens Bank, Citizens Make Change, and the Cleveland Foundation. Hola, como esta? Hello, hello. I'm Jing Lowenko. Welcome to Next Thing with Jing, a podcast where we spark your next chapter and new adventure, starting now. I'm your host, Jing Lowenko, brand strategist, chief optimist, Filipino founder of Other Brown Girl, the original OBG. Subscribe to Next Thing with Jing on your favorite podcast player to get notified of the latest episodes as they launch. So delighted you're here. Welcome to the show. Let's go. Oh my gosh. So we were fresh out of great big talk from this morning at Electric Gardens with my friend and favorite idea enthusiast, Thomas Fox, T. Fox, Tommy Love Soup. And it was so delightful to obviously see you and the magic that you bring to Cleveland and the room and Electric Gardens and also to meet your brother and your family. Actually went to verify, and I mentioned this to you and your brother, are all Fox family members as kind and human as you are? And I can say without a doubt, yes. So again, so delighted to have Thomas here on Next Thing with Jing. Uh, We've been talking about this for quite a bit. So I'm going to read a little bit about Thomas. Thomas Fox is a multidisciplinary creative producer, born, raised, based in Cleveland, Ohio, founder and president of Great Culture, formerly known as Agumbut. Did I say that right? Okay. Sure. All right. Fox founded Creative Mornings Cleveland in the fall of 2014 in Agumbut Music Festival in 2016. That sounds Filipino, by the way. The arts and entrepreneurship advocacy programs merge under the coalescing Great Banner in 2019 reflecting a common thread in the stories of all artists and entrepreneurs' perspective. Fox continually delivers world-class cultural programs with a vast history of curating raw and rising creative talent. Previous to great culture programs, Fox founded indie music studio Bad Racket in 2010 and simultaneously served as the creative leader of Cleveland's Bright Winter Arts and Music Festival until 2014. Fox's perpetual curiosity for what's next has led to collaborations between unlikely creative partners in art, business, and industry. T. Fox, Thomas Fox, Tommy loves soup. I can hug the screen. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you, my friend, for coming on Next Thing with Jing after just an absolutely splendid morning at Electric Gardens. Just so much love and light in the room. I was talking to David Allen Moss and Mikey from Apostle Jones about it felt like entrepreneurial church. I mean, it felt congregational. There was this this feeling of just love and light. And, you know, it felt like you. So congrats on a beautiful day, morning event, and just all the things, Thomas. It was such a wonderful morning. And I, are you still glowing? Uh, I, I always feel it for uh, a little while after Great Big Talk. After every single one of them, I'll, I'll do, we'll set up one event. And then I'm just like, geez, it's a lot of work to put these together. It's a lot of work. And then we get to it and I'm like, wow, I'm really, really happy I did that. And there's so many, it's a, a windup. It really, it sends a lot of things in motion that I don't even, that I don't know about. That's cool. I I wind up hearing about things sometimes and I don't hear about things. And I, I, I know because I hear back just from people like, like good things come from the, the style and, and the intention of how we uh, bring people together to 
to support a bunch of different, like almost anything that, well, when we've got, uh, I've just recently sent uh, over a phrase description for Great Big Talk. I wrote a new one. I've been doing these programs for years. And I wrote a new one yesterday to uh, be the show description on the podcast because we're getting all the talks. We're getting all the talks filmed and and edited. They're going out as a, a podcast series on on Evergreen. So I I put together a new a description that um, I always ask the speakers. But really, their only directive is to share something that's important to them. That's the question that I like lead on the most whenever I'm working with let's say this is an, an audience of of uh, artists entrepreneurs creative minded people growth minded people and sometimes just people who stum- stumble in you've got you've got a, a curious audience and a supportive audience that is wanting to to learn that's really the, the thing is like so people are teaching things that are important to them and then people in the audience are processing things, how they might learn or make connections to accomplish things that are important to them. Yeah. So like it's just like there's a, a whole range. And I know that that's pretty broad, but we, we get like this one life to do and we're like in, live in the same circles or we can um, put some energy in to, to try and make things you know, move forward. So I have fun and I get so much out of bringing people together in that, this way. Great Big Talk is really special to me. Well, you did see me this morning, like just rip the microphone out of Michelle's hand. It smashed to the ground. The entire audience gasped. And I was, I was just like, it's fine. It's, yeah. it's really nothing. And, <laughs> but the, yeah. collect- the collective gasp when that <laughs> happened, like, <gasps> Oh my gosh. I was like, wow. Okay. First of all, I love teeing, teeing it off. You were like master of ceremonies. And it's almost like, it's almost like a wedding. I think like it's an event, right? You have people coming. It's like a dinner party. That's the thing that I love about it is you don't quite know what's going to happen. So you have to be there. It has that kind of electric energy and kinetic energy. And so, and it was, it, it Electric Gardens is lovely. I got to meet Hannah. Finally, we're friends on social. And I love everything that you guys are doing. And um, there's so many things, all the things that you're doing. But I have to always remember when I have a friend on the podcast, I forget my go-to questions. So I'm going to, I have it on my split screen here to make sure. Can I, uh, can I give you a quick story? Please. So um, I was in, I was filming the last Live from Bad Racket video that I ever made. I had this band. There were a few members that were like professional songwriters, like worked in, they were lived in Nashville and like did songwriting and composition. And like some of them had been signed and groups they'd worked with and like national um, uh, major labels. It was like this group that I was working with wasn't a big deal. The players that were in the group were like, industry proven they weren't like hobbyist music it was like the real deal and i was feuding with my business partner and like this is right before like i didn't prove this anymore because we wound up breaking up i had brought in some new engineers and i had one guy that knew the studio i wasn't producing the audio for this in order to not, and things were just my it had been torn apart and we had no idea 
And I brought this poor young guy on who is a relatively competent audio engineer, but like I almost couldn't even finish this session. And I had done, I had done 34 videos, 34, like, and the series was incredible, but I was, had been working with different people yeah, and had this scheduled and the studio was a wreck. And I brought somebody new in to do this, this space and he couldn't figure it out. And I didn't know what to do. And we just needed time for troubleshooting, like for whatever reason, like yeah. everything was just Medusa's hair of, of like cables everywhere. And there's this band that's sitting here and we're going through and they're just like watching me like, f- like just like a fish out of like water, like flapping around in the studio going like, I don't know what to do. So we spent around 14 hours in the studio trying to figure out most of it seemingly like i like at one point just asked them to leave studio set um is that where and they're like yeah but it was unbelievably frustrated i didn't know these people very well some of them i'd worked with on shows it was it was all work and um not much return uh it it hurt yeah but i still loved doing that uh until i doing that series and i figured out other way you know and i i probably should have just canceled on that case but i i'm glad you didn't i'm glad you didn't right like i i I really am and i will say too sorry to interrupt i will say too something that your brother said the speaker uh this morning was incredible let's see what were the three things ice integrity curiosity and energy right integrity curiosity energy and that's what you bring to the room and everything you do and i I'm really glad you didn't give up. And I, I'm always impressed, actually, Thomas, too. The first time I met you, and we can talk about how we met uh, through Kozer and Amanda. But I just, the variables and the hoops of fire that you're jumping through for these events, just generally speaking, there's so many variables. And I'm just always impressed that you are calm, cool, and collected and look like you're having a lot of fun. I mean, there was literally the drop the mic moment. You mentioned that with Michelle, which I loved. And I loved hearing you sing live. And oh my gosh, the singer you had every time, but today, is it Sadu? It's just beautiful, just breathtaking, just carried that that room. So anyway, I just yeah. wanted to share, you really do, do some magical things. Thank you. I I love Sadu's voice, and she actually has an impressive, like her style um, moves between spoken word to uh, uh, like a sync, like the singing, this like hip hop verse thing. But like, so there's like not many people like usually like a lot of times like there was something that was unique about what she was doing. I don't. I don't know, like some people just enjoy music on surface level. And I like all ways of enjoying music are like all ways of enjoying food. There's no like wrong way. There's for me, like just as like such a avid music consumer, I there's so much stuff that I'm listening for and things that I'm like, whoa, that's cool. And even like, so when an artist is like a smaller, it's like, you're not looking at whatever. Like Sadu is, I was really impressed by her and I'm really glad that she was able to come. She it was almost no notice. Like we had a scheduled musical guest canceled two days ago and the things that'll happen like that with great big talks and, and other things that wind up being just conversations between people that, that like the energy, how we, how we put things together and 
generally speaking, we don't go without too often. There's usually a little bit of everything that we like to do just shows up at the table without us trying too, too, too hard to make it happen. I mean, we will get cancellations for things, but the, the right solutions find their way. And then we just, we put it all together. Yeah. And it comes together beautifully, beautifully and delightfully. So you were kind enough to send me little Thomas Fox pictures, which were so much fun to see. And so a couple of things I want, if I, if you could tell me a little bit about your name, your nicknames, I want to know, you know, on Insta, your Tommy loves soup. I, I need to know more about that. And then really tell me a little bit about what you tell your younger self in retrospect when, when you know, looking back. Ugh, my younger self. That's, um, where do you want me to start? So with wherever you'd like to start. So I'd love um, some feedback on your name and uh, if you could, and then just what you might tell your younger self with, with the path that you've you created for yourself. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. It's like there's um when I was a kid, my my family is all sort of full name people, which is mostly like from my my mother and I've like gone through conversations about them, about this with them that, and and I've like tried to psychoanalyze this stuff, like with my family a ton, just like for my own establishment of my own identity. Um, So yeah, when I was a kid, I, I preferred to go by Thomas. I I did like, so that's, that's what my mom called me. Like, there's there's something to that like like first point of uh, like unconditional love that like just connects really hard to your identity. Um, so that's a that's a space where yeah that's just like what naturally like sticks in my head when I like think of who I am in my head. Yeah. That's really uh, always been the case. But like in our culture, from a young age, I would get teased and tormented about my name which was really for, for real yeah okay. no. oh my gosh i didn't know that for thomas yeah. being, called, being called thomas yeah so for being a thomas for being thomas uh oh. yeah so there's a it's like the a big like big piece of life story for me is in in that when i was um by the time i was in middle school i didn't introduce myself to people oh i'm trying to go for oz you're oh. like So I started, I started just like my, I asked, I literally asked people just to call me by my last name and I would introduce. So anyone who knows me from high school, like my family, some very close friends, very good friends, um, Thomas from like childhood on. And then like super, like my buddies, like the guys in my band in high school, they all, so I was actually just Fox for a very long time and that carried into college but in college i started started doing like open mic nights i sang in a acapella group i actually yeah. like got these were my these were my things that i wound up doing love it and then without my doing any work or or trying to just people started calling me tom fox so like Tom Fox was like a character that's emerged. This like to me is like this super cool uh 
fun, like, it's just two two syllables. It's almost like one word. Which so. you are. Which you are, T-Fox. You are. <laughs> I just want you to... I, I do. I think that's true in real life. Like, I'm, I'm delighted and tickled when I see you. I love your I love your energy. I love the light you bring into a room in every event. I share that with your brother. I'm sure he's like, who's this crazy Filipino lady? But can I just add something? <laughs> I just want to add one other thing to you, too. Well, thank you for sharing that sweetness and tenderness about growing up. I was actually very very shy, very shy. And so what I wanted to say to you was when I was younger, I had, I had a friend named Mary Her, and she was a redhead with freckles. So I have always, I have always felt that anyone who's ginger or red is like a magical, mystical creature. I mean, you know, I'm always, when I was little, I would try to imagine a redhead in the Philippines, right? And so to me, there's something magical and mystical about that. So I just wanted to share that you were, not that you remind me of my friend Mary Her, but just this idea of, it's funny, the stories we tell ourselves as kids. And so the other thing I wanted to say too, and this is something your brother talked about, was this generational trauma, or you talked about it, about the movie, uh, Seeing Red. Yeah, I wanted to talk to you about that. But it's this idea of, it's, uh, I've heard it called foo, family of origin stuff. So it's like generational, yes, the generational f- storytelling we inherit. And also for me, it's cultural. So when you brought up seeing red, I was like, oh, I can't wait to see that. We're going to have to do a mu- movie review once I see that, because I love the way you tied in, you know, childhood and mental health and self-care and really in essence, it's self-love, right? So anyway, I don't know where I'm going with this, but clearly I landed on your mystical, magical creature. And Uh I'm so glad you found your voice and are sharing your light and your gifts with the world, honestly. I mean, Cleveland is an incredible place because of you. I know we're going to talk about all the things, all the cool things you've done and and are going to do, but I'm so glad I asked you about your name. So, So yeah, I just tell me about what you would tell your younger self. I'm curious about that. Yeah. My my younger self, I actually just wrote up, there's a bunch of stuff that I've just written recently that, oh my gosh, I like, I went through my story from like actually how somebody like sent me a, a press piece for um, like how you got started in doing what you do. And I was like, what is it that I do? I, I like, it's even like, I kind of, okay, so I can, I can define that. I, I organize arts, so I run an arts collective or arts collaborative where I'm the creative producer and anybody who I want to work with are the collaborators. And we make uh, events and we make media and concerts. And that's really, that's really what it is that I could do that I'm doing. A lot of it for me stems to my, my love of of music specifically events, but it is a music event. It's um, all of that is informed by my history and performing and my uh, history with working with others and trying to, to, to spotlight and, and really celebrate collaborating with people and excited when they make things that are cool because yeah. then I get to enjoy them. There's, there's a lot of things that are like that. So my younger self uh, tried, I like my, college years were uh, immensely hard they were really really hard and a lot of it was focused on you know I didn't think that there's no way that I would have I thought I would be working in music my actually my grandest aspirations were that I might get into working in advertising in some capacity when I did go to I went to community college 
and was like, um, I thought I, I'd studied fire science and EMT, like to be a firefighter and disliked it. So, but I was like, that could be a good job and maybe I could start a business. I, I'd really like business one day, yeah. but I don't, I have no money. So maybe I'll do this. Hated that. And while I was like doing that, I was also doing audio engineering courses, had a, had a, I'd got into a decent job before enrolling in business school, going like, oh, I'll go to business school and study marketing and I'll get into advertising. Graduating class, got jobs, something like that. It was atrocious in 2008. I've spent years, like I had uh, some areas of employment, like lots of contract gigs, I lived honestly at home for a long period of time. There's like a, a long period of tons of struggle. And uh, I did not think, oh, I could get in, like winding up doing the arts and music things that I do happened totally by accident. I spent like five years working on the recording studio and the, the music, the winter music festival which were things that ultimately fell apart for me. And like from business, the partnerships that we came through, just how my expectations, I was just so, so young and naive when I was going through, just like reacting to the opportunities that were available to me. Like looking back, it's actually kind of no surprise that they fell apart. I, I was just lucky to have gone through them. But then once I had gone through all of that, I was just like, oh, you can do this. Yeah. You can, you can just start again. But oh my gosh. I had things to prove and like hurt feelings. And um, it, uh, it took a, a long time. So like for me, great culture, that process, like, so th there was the figuring out that I could do the things that I do yeah. was a like sort of a gradual discovery from around like 2010 to 2014 yeah. um, for, for your period there. And then figuring out how I was going to do it yes. for me deliberately yes. was from, so uh, a gumboot arts, uh, mm -hmm. a gumboot was a short story that I wrote it was. Uh, oh, that is so cool, Thomas. Huh? Yeah, it was. What's the origin? What is the name? I, like, like, give us a little bit. What, what, you know, did you come? What does it mean? So it's a, it's a, it's misheard in the within the story, which is like just a personification yeah. of struggle that I was having with, in particular, the the breakup that I had with Bright Winter and my partners there. It was massively political. It was one of those things like, man, I, there's many, many millions of media impressions that gone, have gone through here. So it's probably, you know, it's a name brand recognizable in Cleveland. People, yes. people is the same way that they know, you know, uh, different parks are around town. You're like, oh yeah, there's what the, or what the music venues are. Like there's, right. it was, it was like part of the cultural fabric of Northeast right. Ohio. Yeah. So, and I felt like my identity was wrapped up in there. Like after I put together the music, people people were looking at me as the last festival that I did. I had about around 80 bands that were on here and I'd listened to 1500 and people were like, Bright Winter has crazy awesome. I was like, that's me. Like yeah. I have a reputation for being a music curator. Like 
how cool is that? Like, 100%, and I'm, yeah. I'm listening to crazy amounts of music and taking the little bits of money that I have. I'm like, you're on the show, you're on the show, you're on the show. And I'm so excited about it. I'm doing this. Yeah. And then everyone like that recognition coming back and be like, holy crap, this is awesome. Yes. Um, yeah. But then I like had the breakup with the my festival partners like over it was really hard and uh then people recognized great uh, bright winter has great has great music and i was like they don't know that it's not me and also all of that was just gone for i was like oh my goodness so like it was almost like my entire it was like like in a way like the only people i had to go back and so like the broad market that recognized my work, which is what brought financial viability to what I do. Mm -hmm. um, no, like I was, no, I no longer had that, but people that knew and I worked with to build yes. that reputation did know. Right. So a uh, gumboot was, I wrote the story. Ah. A fictional thing. I was like using fiction as a device to, uh -huh. to get the story out. And just, just like about this like monster. There is a soulfulness to everything you do, starting with your story, your personal story and the stories that you share and the stories that you you curate and share with the world. So number one, I just want you to know that from the bottom of my heart, there's a, there's a softness and, a, and a, a, a lightness to what you bring that feels effortless and so deeply human and so true. So I really want to thank you, Thomas, for again, coming on. I get to like, when you get to see Thomas Fox, Fox twice in one day, you know, that's a good day. And you get to see the brilliant inner workings of when you have the opportunity to see what's going on underneath that, like ball cap and ginger uh, mop top, which I say with the, the deepest of affection. I mean, end of that story, which is of like how the, like a, the transition of a gumboot thing. Yeah, all yeah, sorry. That. Yes. Yes. It was, it's a great culture. Uh, so it was, uh, it took from 2015 to 2019 for uh, like what, how the, the current formation of how everything that I am working on, yeah. like it was like this music festival. I don't know when I started doing this, like uh, creative mornings is like a yeah. national organization or international organization of like, there's just also, I don't even know how to describe all of that, but I just started doing other things and it's great. A great is a uh, great, great, a great is so it's, it's perspective of when you look, that's where you read through on my bio is kind of, I mean, it's almost cliche to say like making lemonade out of lemons, but that's really the way that you have to look at just about everything. It's, it's constant that there's, situations that wind up changing and if you're not able to adapt rapidly adapt to whatever has become bad news to, to you it can it can stall it can just it can just topple over anything as you're working on but if you're if you're able to take and and work through yeah great culture is about um is about just that attitude like groups of people like a just a culture of people that are able to look at things in that way are able to take take bad situations and look at them as being as what they might actually be some blessings in disguise. Yeah. I think, and what really became fun to me with great culture, because yeah. I love 
this meant, meant. I like registered, registered that's great.com and yeah. everything started to feel playful to me in the way yeah. that just totally suits my, my attitude. Yeah. Um, so it's able to have this like point of reference. The whole brand is able to have this point of reference to this larger idea that I want to embed into all of the programs, all of the, all of the music and art and, and other types of entrepreneurship that like any artisanship that people are working on that I might want to collaborate or highlight focus in some way. I'm able to do that in just like a super playful way that feels really like me. And so true. And I all, one thing I want to share too with people who are listening, and I find this so sweet and tender, and I know I asked you if I could share this, is that can you talk about not being able to see in one eye? Like, I feel like you're so visually talented and musically talented and, you know, talking about overcoming the thing or a thing and making it into uh, a way that you see the world quite literally with a different lens. Like, can you talk a little bit about that? I mean, I just, I, I, I find that so there's a tenderness to the things that you do too. Like it's so thoughtful and intentional, Thomas, it always is. And so when you shared that with me about not being able to see, I was like, what? Oh my gosh. Yeah, it I, that much more powerful. I, I come, I come through things like I can be, I can, I can kind of feel like a little bit clumsy in some uh, stretches, but I do. So yeah, my, my right eye is just for show is typically what I say. I'm legally blind, so that means that the big E is just a blob on the... It's super dark, um, so it's not like this is... It's not black, but it's basically useless. And they thought when I had a lazy eye uh, when I was a kid, and my parents didn't know this, but they like really wanted to do whatever they could for me, so they, mm-hmm. they took me... They'd patch my good eye, and then so I have over here, there's like some we wound up finding that there is some condition of arteries that are surrounding my optic nerve that are like massively over enlarged and have some sort of like sheathing around them. There's some photographs like the back of my eye. They told me when I was in seventh grade, they found out after years of doing patchwork and these exercises and my, my dad to this day feels so guilty about this stuff because I, I was getting migraines horrific um, oh. from doing oh the, this uh, these exercises to try and make my eye work. Oh. And oh like goodness. nobody knew. They're like, well, when they, there's one eye that's doing this, we should be able to do this and it'll, yeah. it'll correct yeah. the problem. But I, I had a condition that was not, you know, not the, a typical lazy eye. Like it wasn't just like a muscular thing that this was one eye. A lot of people will have one eye that works better than the other. Yeah, yeah. Um, optometrists will, they'll uh, do these type of exercises to, to get uh, developmentally yeah. and it just didn't work. Um, eventually after going through this, it was a serious problem. And they were like, after years of doing it, it not getting any better. They, uh, uh, my uh, parents took me to see, and my, my parents didn't have like, money growing up either they like my (laughs) that's a whole other thing too but it was a big deal for my dad to take me to uh the positive to the doctor and we went to the clinic it was a big deal it was in seventh grade they checked it out and they're like oh yeah we don't see another thing i don't understand and 
then um, one of the residents, which is uh, words, you know, in in training, they were looking through and they were like, "Do you see this? Like, look at these these yeah. arteries around his nerve." And I'm like, "Oh, oh yeah, that's strange." And then it was like, "Hey, everybody, come check out this kid!" And like a whole like like coming through, like look, and I got all these people literally in my face, oh my like. God. I'm like, uh, and they're like, well, that's crazy cool. Uh, well, I mean, not cool. That sucks for you, but that's really interesting. And we don't see things like this. And there's nothing in the future we'll be able to do some sort of surgery, like some of this things. I went back later in life and, mm-hmm. and they were like, yeah, no, there's never going to be able to be done for that. So I wear a corrective contact lens in my good eye. Uh-huh. Um, so, so that's, um, so that's why I'm a half blind fox thank you for sharing that see you are a magical mystical creature a one-eyed creature that you need to write a new story about that t fox but thank you for sharing that because really seventh grade really all the grades such a coming of age it's such a coming of age time and you never really lose that (laughs) no pun intended just lose sight of that right like this time it's a it's a very galvanizing time when you share that with us I think it was in an email to everyone to sort of this inner circle I I almost dropped my iPhone like wait what and so I feel like that humanity that you experience as a kid is shines through in a lot of the things that you do and that is what makes great culture and and really all the things so heartening to me and heartwarming. So I'm I'm glad that you were comfortable sharing that. And I'm super glad that people can ask you about it. And um I have a uh, a niece who had an eye patch and that's not uncommon. So you know it's like one of those things where you start it's so much about identity and how you see yourself, how other people see you and it, it, it creates a different kind of worldview when uh, when those kinds of childhood experiences happen. It, well, and maybe this is a, a, a good segue into who are your role models growing up? Um, my dad. Uh, yeah. um, like, I wasn't in sports. Um, so part of the thing with my vision was that depth perception, like mm-hmm. in particular, like hand-eye coordination was never something that I excelled at. So... Uh, um, I would participate in any sports that were racing driven. So like mm-hmm. one of those pictures that I shipped was from a, uh, that you had was uh, from a swim meet. So I was, a, I was an exceptional swimmer uh, and an exceptional runner. Um, wow. So I was, you know, I did really, really well in, in those spaces, but I didn't have like athletic role models and I, and just not being that interested in, in sports and um i never really had any of those types of role models i i did love like the things that i wound up spending my time on as a kid was music literally <laughs> like yeah. i would like to so it's listening to listening to like the radio uh so it was just like through the 90s so radio is different i, I listened to radio my had my older siblings some some michael you met today was you know it was i was born in 85 so in 91 i was six and had no business listening to nirvana but <laughs> michael michael brought it into the house and like he and my brother steven are are like weightlifting and listening to Nirvana, and so i'm getting this and i'm like this is so cool this is so like i love this 
And then, you know, I'm listening to things of my own that I might find on the radio and then I'm digging through my dad's collection and listening through like to all of these Cat Stevens and, huh. um, and Simon and Garfunkel, like yeah. the like, folk, he like listened to a lot of folk type of music and, and huh. some like classic rock things. Uh-huh. My, my, whenever Michael got into music, all of those things like the, and he started like really getting into like more obscure yeah. type of more classic rock kind of things. I, those things wound up filtering through to me and oh my it. God, old school when I got my hands on like uh torrenting, illegally pirating music, Napster, <laughs> like that, like that's all that I would do. I didn't really have role models for that. that like my, I just had a massive, I would run, I would swim, I would listen to music, Love which it. is mostly what I do today. Yes. <laughs> I, don't, I don't swim too much today, but I, uh, you know, I went and ran uh, a 5K before the group big talk this morning. Oh my gosh, good for you. What? What? Okay, you are extra magical and musical and mystical. No way. Oh my gosh, that's something. Wow. You're like, there's like a whole calmness that you've got. It's kind of hard to be all worked up when you just ran a 5K, you know? I mean. Wow, that's awesome, Thomas. Well, first of all, I just am still... I have a visual of you as a six-year-old smelling like teen spirit. Like that just totally cracks me up and your brother. And I, I took a picture of you too. And I hope you texted it to your mom like I asked you to because your mom and dad must be clearly such special people. I know you're four, you're fourth out of five kids, right? Am I right on that? You, I think you mentioned that yeah. to me. And so <laughs> I asked you, so with next thing with Jing, I love to ask friends, see, show me a picture of your younger self. Like, where did it start? Where did the spark start and your love of music? I'm curious what your first, your first instrument was. Was it the drums? Like, when do you remember connecting to music? Was it a guitar? Uh, I, wanted, I wanted to play the drums so badly, but, but my parents my family just didn't have money like uh when we were kids and but, so i asked my parents for a, a a drum set and they couldn't they couldn't afford to do that but they bought me a drum pad like, like what, what you, and i was like so mad at them about it was like what am i gonna do i never i never learned how to play drums like to this day i can't play the drums but they well, did how old are you real quick how old were you when you asked for the drum uh, I was in fourth grade. Can I just know? add to you really quick? I wanted a skateboard because my, my, my friend, John had a skateboard in fourth grade and my mom said, no, cause girls don't have skateboards. And I wanted a, oh. a, a light bright. Is it a light? Like Filipino moms are like, why are you putting pegs into a dark paper with light? So, you know, it's funny the things that we look back on. Uh, clearly it all worked out in the end with you, Thomas. See, but I just, that's fascinating. That's really fascinating. And I mean, were you alone with your thoughts a lot? I mean, did you do you write write a lot of music? Did you do a lot of music growing up? Yeah, I mean, so my I, there's there's journals around. There's um, I wrote songs as a teenager, and I I did actually just write like do a lot of. Um, I mean, if you were to go look back and look at it, it's just like nonsense like teenager type of thing. It's not like some prolific writing, but I did spend a lot of time in my head even as a teenager. Like I said, I was, I was a very, I would have identified very strongly as an introvert just because like I said, I, I didn't, 
outwardly, actively connect with people. I did have kind of a sense of shame around my my name that it made it just very difficult to introduce myself to people. I'm hobbying my laptop. That like like it, there's something about that that breaks my heart because it's just look at the stories that we hold on to like other people's stories and so I'm so glad that you, you know, were able to just <laughs> I don't know. I feel like you see, like being the other, I, I did not know this at all. Like we're on this podcast right now, we're recording. Like I had no idea that you felt like the other Thomas. I wouldn't, or that you were shy. I would never have known that from just the way you move through the world. So I'm so grateful that you could be open and share that with all of us. My parents got a saxophone from my cousin when I was in fifth grade and I loved it. <laughs> I played saxophone from fifth until ninth grade, I I really excelled at it too. I was I, like among the best, usually the best player for within the saxophone until till about ninth grade. I got less interested, sort of because of the culture of like band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, didn't fit me, and uh, I just didn't like to play it as much anymore. I was way more interested in just socialization in general might like like just like i started working you know like farting i'm learning so much about you first off hold the phone you were a lifeguard too like i did not know that because i guess that makes sense because you like i was was really i was really so from when I, i was um from when i was about uh six or seven I started like rec swimming and I was kind of a chunky little kid. And then I started doing that and I like turned into this like very like trim, trim kid. And so I swam, I was, I was really, really good. Uh, and then I just lived my teenage years. I lived at the pool, my 10, it was, I think it was in 10th grade that my uh, my brother like came home from college he was playing guitar so michael was playing guitar he left his guitar at the house yeah he i had some friends come over and some like girls that i was interested in and and then like my older brother from college with his long hair and his guitar (laughs) and they're like oh my god your older brother is so like and i was like I was like, Michael, I hate you. I I hate you. Like, dude, relax. You had to play guitar. And he was like, okay, fine. So I uh I learned how to uh I learned how to play guitar like quickly, like a matter of weeks. On um, your own or through your brother? Through the through Michael, Michael, Michael I met. Like Michael taught me some chords and a couple songs that started. And I so the, I remember that was a period of time. And that's like, I, that whole paid, played until your fingers bled thing. I played nonstop for a month. Like I wanted to learn how to play. And I like, I learned how to play guitar. Um, and then I stopped getting better. And then, um, I joined, uh, there were some friends of mine that like started, I think it was the summer after that. And I had like the summer before my junior year, uh-huh. some of my friends or people that I wanted to be my friends because they were cool. They were concerts and stuff. And I knew, I knew them. They were like sort of connected. I didn't, I had, 
I had transferred from my middle school was a different group of kids than a high school. Uh Um, and so like I had to try and figure out like a new group of friends, which I didn't do very quickly, like in my freshman year, um, or in my sophomore year. And then it was like sort of these group of kids who went to, uh, we like went to see green day and blink 182 and we got obsessed and they started a band uh-huh. and I wound up like working my way into the band. And then that was like, that was our lives. Like, so all of junior year became like orange sky, uh, orange sky, orange sky. That's um, your band? Was- that was your band? Orange sky. Yeah. It was, oh, uh, because of your was- ginger hair. Is it because of your ginger hair? Like, no, what my, my, my friend, Robert, uh actually named the band i don't really know why we just he, he was like how about orange sky and we were like cool let, let's do it yeah it sounds like um, a drink that you throw back i think i mean it sounds like it's a <laughs> it's, it's a it's a great name though it's a great name fine it's just like that's so that's just the group of people that are uh, forever important to me Aww. um yeah ryan jim ryan jim and robbers and and my friend uh I had a couple other friends that were like sort of part of that crew too. But um, yeah, that was, that was a super special time. That's my beginning of like playing music. Yeah. Um, and there was, you know, original music for, from all that time that we were doing, we went out and played at the, the rock shit, like the clubs that are around Cleveland and got a taste of what concert culture was like and like how the music industry worked and how disgusting the music industry actually is and wow. and yeah a lot of that stuff about like my, my early experiences in music were informing to like you know this all kind of sucks and it doesn't have to like yeah yeah that's fast. That yeah. is absolutely fascinating so really quick were you an alto sax player then and which is a great tip off for vibe garden because it's just i have a true confession really quick i actually played the oboe nice the oboe awesome well first of all so woodwind fellow woodwind i love all the things i'm learning so this is just true confession time just as friend of friend but i played the oboe i did not want to i wanted to play the piccolo or the flute like my my friends but i did a hearing test in and i think in fourth grade and i had i scored really high on hearing so they made me play the oboe and i hated it because i had to play the snake charmer solo during the nutcracker and i would get so stressed out and then ironically because i'm jingle bells they had me play the xylophone and percussion. So I've always loved anyone in percussion or like any of it. And so, uh, it, it, and then you were saying that you were, uh, you know, I, I actually used to call me butterball when I was little, I was so heavy cause I love to eat. Oh my gosh. I still do. I still do. But, uh, so I think part of this is this idea that you're talking about as child children, like, is it shame or just self-consciousness or feeling like the other? I just, I, I really am learning so much about you, Thomas, like this, I'm never going to go to a great big talk or, <laughs> or, uh, <laughs> or golden hour plea or coming up vibe garden and, and look at you in the same way. So can we talk really quick with the, the um, little bit of time we have remaining? I want to talk about how a little bit of time that we have remaining. I would love to, if you're open to talk about how we met 
and how you invited me to grab a cup of coffee. And I thought I was like, you want me to have a cup of coffee with you? You're doing all these cool things. Like, what could we possibly, like, this will be so interesting. I'm curious to see what might come up, what might come of the conversation. So I just wanted to, if we could talk a little bit about how we met. And uh, next thing with Jing for me is about really exploring new kinds of things, new adventures, and continuing to evolve and grow. And I see that so much in you, Thomas, so much in you. And so there's two things. Actually, I don't know if you remember this, but I think I met you. Yeah, I did. I met you at Coventry Park. A friend Amanda invited me. It was outdoor. We're in the pandemic. And I don't know. We were, we were meeting and I, I I just said, thank you. I came up to you, I think, and said, you know, thank you. And this is really cool. It's like, yeah, typically people come to us when they're figuring out their next thing. And I was like, next thing, next thing, next thing, next thing. Like that echo chamber happened. And then I went on a walk at like seven in the morning. I don't run, I though I have run, I've run a marathon, but I went on a walk shortly thereafter and a woman that I met, she asked me like, what are you doing? And I told her about this thing I was doing called Other Brown Girl. And she's like, I really need to figure out my next thing, my next thing, my next thing, my next thing. So it really was this like reverb that started on that pat your patio outside. I still remember it was a beautiful day. You had basil and it was lovely. And I was like, okay, let's 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 meet. And I think I even brought over some hydrangeas from our yard because I was like, this is so thoughtful and delightful. We have a chance to chit chat. And so I found it, it was so much fun to learn about you, but I was so flattered that you wanted to connect and have coffee. So that's what drew me to you was just this idea of you do so many different things. It seems very experimental. And it's not really, it's not fearless as much as it just feels like there's a, there's a lightness to what you do. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like with entrepreneurship, sometimes it's so heavy or so like, oh, I got to figure this thing out and oh, I got to like crush it, kill it, you know, be on the scoreboard for X, Y, Z. And there was something about your energy and the way you brought things to life. That first time that I met you, that just felt so relaxed and so chill. So anyway, and the other thing too is bonus bonus points. We both played the ukulele. Me, not so well. You definitely, so it's me up because, you know, meeting your brother and hearing about how you, you played music. And I just like going back in time, thinking about that patio chat, you know, and you playing the ukulele and me saying like, yeah, I'm doing this thing. I'm, I'm trying to do this thing. Other brown girl. And I talked forever. You poor thing. You were like working full time. You're probably like, I got to go. But then you were talking about this idea of rooftop gardens. And so it was like this great, you were talking about great culture, I think at the time, and you even shared it, yeah, well, right? Uh, I remember you sharing your deck with me, your strategy deck. And you're like, I'm doing this thing. I'm like, oh, that sounds so cool. Well, we were talking about other things. Like you were thinking about doing a house tour and recording some different things. And, uh, but you, you had shared your deck and it was just, I'm looking back like, well, I can't believe we're on this podcast and all these things are happening. And I'm so happy for you because I'm I'm delighted that you sh gave me a sneak peek of something that was so special and just still a seed, right? So anyway. Well, I, I uh, tell people a lot that um, sometimes, sometimes uh, and everybody's path can be different. There's just like, you need to get moving. And for me, I found that one of the way, and Michael talks about this. He's like, you need to ask for help. So yeah. if you don't, you want people to help you. There's some people that are, like earlier on in my career, I would, I would write about ideas and things that I'm like, this should happen. This is like yeah. an, an idea that, or like, this is a, a way that this should happen. Or there's like yeah. this opportunity here. And I put these things and I'd like put them up in a blog. There's, 
there's like somewhere like archived on the internet, like a Thomas Fox website with like a bunch of like, uh, be like business ideas and things. And I remember somebody like sound like, you know, you're really open with sharing your ideas with people. And, uh, you know, people can steal this. And it was like, yeah, that's how I want to go through the world. Just assuming that everyone's out to screw me and I should just stick to myself. Oh boy. I'm glad you did. Yeah. Well, that's like people that tell you things like that. And I'm like, you know, that's not, that's not the right way. So it's just like my process when I'm doing things, I'll share ideas as, as I think that they have legs. And yeah. if I think that I have interest in doing them, it's like part of the litmus test for me. It's like, do I want to do this project? It's like, how is my time going to be spent as I'm doing this? Is that largely going to be unenjoyable for me? Nothing's going to happen if you don't shit for me if you don't share your ideas are. So I, I do remember it was like the house tour show. There was a media opportunity. There was a media making opportunity because I was just doing high-end yeah. video production and, and really like had the tools and like experience and know how to make it happen, to make it happen. So I was like, maybe this could be an, uh, an opportunity. So I shared it with you and I was like, I don't know. And I shared it with a few other people and it was like, maybe something can happen here. Yep. Ultimately, that wasn't what wasn't an idea that like wound up coming to be. But there was the other idea that I shared with you. I was like, I really want to do a rooftop concert series right. at sunset. <laughs> and, and I don't know. I think that it was named well, now or at that point in time. The, um, the original name for that series was Gradients. Um, which gold better gradients just in that that's the sunset is like a gradient pattern. Mm, gotcha. Gotcha. No, I, I landed on a better name. Uh, yes. so golden hours of photography term for sunset, essentially, um, those last hours of daylight before twilight. And it's, it's beautiful. It's actually it, golden hour is technically sunrise, sunset and sunrise. Mm -hmm. So, in uh, in video production, I like to use both of them, but those parties wind up being super cool. I have a video for the last one, and you can just watch those layers pull back. Like there's like it's like it's blue, and then like a layer, a layer of yellow, followed a layer of orange, a layer of purple, a layer of dark blue. Like it just there's like while you're there, it's like. It's like the music is happening and the space is happening, but there's also this like changing painting that's just going on over the top. And people are taking photographs, they're dressed to impress. Yes. And, uh, and just like looking fabulous. And everybody feels amazing. They're there in that space and the lighting makes everybody look so good. Like just some hard shadows, like, you know, in photography, some hard yeah, shadows. Yeah. So, yeah, that came together in the most organic way, just a little bit at a time with a few friends, a few more friends, a few friends of friends, and then ultimately opening them up to the public and then increasing the size of the production for the X and then ultimately ending the summer on a sellout show with a, a soul band. 
Yeah. For two hour set. I was there and I was there for the first, the bookend first and end. That was your birthday. And that was, you know, what was magical about that Thomas? I even pulled you by the arm and like, look at that moon. Is it? Yeah. Is it- Pissed past Tower Tower City, right? And I have the funniest video, which I think I texted you of us dancing, and then you like look back over your shoulder. It was, it was so it was such a beautiful night. I mean, that was the that was an absolutely spectacular evening. I went to the Electric Gardens one where it rained, so it was funny when you were talking about that. Uh, I was like, oh yeah, that. But you know, it's just it's really special. It's really special the memories that you've created. And I think you mentioned raw and rising. It does feel very cosmopolitan. It feels like there's something special and eclectic and fresh, right? Like there's something, that's, but it's fresh and chill and things. So I want to congratulate you on. I'm just bringing your vision to life and sharing it with all of us, including me. I'm so tickled whenever I get a text or an email from you, like, hey, I'm doing this thing. And in fact, it was you <laughs> that introduced me to Justin Bibb. Uh, he had a talk. Is it Novak Park? And yeah. so I think Justin texted me and was like, I'm running for mayor. And I'm like, you know, Justin's running for mayor. And then I texted you, like, he's running for mayor. And so it, like the connection, <laughs> remember that? I was laughing because we hadn't really spent a lot of time like getting to know each other and becoming friends. But I just really appreciate the joy and the sense of adventure that you bring to the things that you do. And so perfect segue. Now, now I know the story around the inspiration around the, the saxophone. Are you going to break out your saxophone or like jump on stage or anything no, like no, that? I don't, okay. um, those guys know what they're doing. I do have a, a great outdoor concert, which is a, a, a short, it's like a 15 minute concert video coming out that we shot in Cuyahoga Valley National Park with Moon Hooch. That's how we got a, initially connected to them. There are two to a three-part group, two saxophones, and they have a bunch of different types of saxophones, like saxophones that I don't even know what they're called. Yeah. Um, but the, these, these two guys, um, um, Wenzel and, and Michael, and I don't know their drummer's name, but they perform essentially EDM-style music. Really? Okay. It's, but yeah, it's, not, it's like weird to say because it's like electronic dance music, but it's not electronic. So I guess it's just dance music, but dance music doesn't really sound very specific. So I feel like we are saying like, oh yeah, they play dance. That's what Moon, Moon Hooch is, is dance music. And it's jazz. There's no, there's no singing, but it's on the, like anybody can come and appreciate just, they, they create this amazing energy and you just want to move. Like you want to be part of it. They create a party everywhere they go. I I thought you want to know we're gonna go right right here and this this is like two blocks away from the, their house. I wasn't I never looked at the space in such a way of doing this, but I was at my brother's. I was at Michael's company and his. Uh, I always like chatting with his uh, warehouse shipping manager. This mm. guy Vern, Vern and I always have really good conversations, and he's like, "Hey Thomas, you know, I was driving through your neighborhood and uh, and I noticed they had this thing there, the vibe." Vibe, vibe, and I was like, "Guard, yeah, that's a that's a cool <laughs> spot." You ever think about uh, you should do one of your uh, your concert concerts there? Aww. And I was like, Vern, Vern, that's a really good idea." So I um I sent uh so I like went over. I drove home that day, and I was just like stopped and I like pulled in and I like looked at it and I was like, "I could fit a good amount of people here. It's already fenced in. Yeah, it's right here in this." neighborhood um there's a ton of young people around here that would really love to have this type of cultural thing happen and i uh, i went on the link and looked for saucy brew works and found 
found uh, Brent Zimmerman, who's the owner of Saucy. And uh, I said, hey, I really want to do a music event and think of something that could happen in the Vibe Garden. Would you be interested? And he he just immediately was like, this sounds this sounds great. And he sent me some documents about like what the space looked like. And it's like, we didn't know each other. He's like, meet me at the, meet, let's meet there. And I was like, how about tomorrow morning? Like at the warehouse shipping dock with like my brother's employee, Vern. Yeah. And uh, then the next morning to see if we could do something. So Vernon, well, first of all, Vernon, is that right? Or is it Vern? Which one? Is it oh, name- it's, Vern. it's just Vern. Okay, he better have like all access VIP pass forever and ever and ever. Yeah. Oh, your brother Michael is really like the Wizard of Oz in your life. Like I'm looking at the guitar. I'm looking at his warehouse and started Vibe Garden. That is, it's so fun. But I'm I'm super excited. So l- let me ask you, what is the cadence? How often are you going to be running this? How can people get to How can people get to attend and, and learn more about this and and become a part of this? What's the cadence? How often are you going to run these, Thomas? This is just one show. We might do mo- like I honestly I have no idea. This is uh, we've got just four goals with the Vibe Garden. Goal number one: to have a ridiculously good time. Yes. Uh, the amended goal goal number two, as I uh, I put it, was to to learn. I needed to establish some history, see how it felt with you know however many people we fit in there before and make any plans for doing anything else. And then three, just gauge how this occurring in the in the neighborhood affects the neighborhood and and if something like this would be welcome to happen on a regular basis. We don't know. So I wound up amending that to include to reorder priority number two to be teach my partners at Saucy um, everything that I possibly can about how the music industry works as they're they're my partners in this project and I really love what they are doing and we very quickly establish a, a sense of transparency between us and moving ahead to do this they've just got this go energy and at the same time they don't really know that much about where i'm coming like the things that i'm doing so they have a lot of trust in me so like was we got through and i was like these are the three priorities we start here we have a ridiculously good time we see what we can learn we see if people want to do it again so that's that's where we're at right now and april 2nd we're gonna do we're gonna do those things. There's it's, it's expanded here. There's a mini festival village. There's art installations that are going in. There's probably about a dozen defenders that'll be popping up. We've invited the whole neighborhood in Cano about this special space, and I hope a lot of people come. Yes. No. Well, thank you so much, Thomas. I plan to be there, and I sent it to all my friends in the neighborhood on uh, in Detroit Shoreway area. So again, you know how to throw a party, bring a party, and bring the people together. So I'm super delighted excited and so happy for you and your family and i'm so happy i met michael too so i know we're closing out i know we've had extra time we had a couple technical difficulties on my one which makes me appreciate even more what thomas and his team do every time every day so we're going to go into our favorite part of the podcast which is called the lightning round and if thomas fox you are ready we're going to hit it are you are you ready i'm ready excellent excellent so one thing you love eating (laughs) One thing I love eating, um, the thing that I eat most consistently more than anything else is, is breakfast sandwiches. Like I don't, Mm. I love food, but most consistently, honestly, 
Uh, most days, like part of my, uh, I'll like make myself breakfast sandwiches, like just different varieties of, of things that like go into that. But like eggs, eggs, uh, bread and other things. <laughs> like I wound up, I don't know why. This is just like at some point in time, this turned into a habit for me. I don't know if that's interesting or not. No, but. I, I, you know, my favorite, uh, my favorite meal of the day is actually brunch. I love waking up to brunch or breakfast smelling like there's something lovely about it. I love late nights too, but there is something lovely about breakfast. So, ah, good. I, can we talk to, did you say something about soup? I think that was laggy. Do you also make soup? Oh. No, I mean, of course. My so my handle on the internet everywhere is Tommy Loves Soup, which I, I put that together in college. There was a brief point in time where there was like, I'd say that I'm the least known. Is it Tommy uh, anywhere? But people that do call me that, or it's like it's funny. It's it's, it's just like. Um, so I did that as a joke. Uh, ah. Just Tommy Loves Soup means like uh, I love. I love a whole bunch of different types of, like, I love a whole bunch of things, like, melted up, mixed up into one, one ah, thing. Ah, see, Urban Myth de- Decoded. There you go. Thank you for that. So one thing that you're reading. Um, One thing that I'm reading, unfortunately, right, I'm reading emails um, almost exclusively. But I, um, I picked up and started reading Ernest Hemingway novels. Mm, uh, nice. Some fiction into my life. And I've decided like through that process it's like i'm just like hanging out in bars in france it's like what that's what the writing is like is like just the conversational like i'm in the 1920s in france like hanging out in cafes like mixing with the locals this is what it's like it, like you kind of feel like you're there and and he, like he like there's different i love it i would love to visit his house i think that would be fascinating i've heard people that and, have gone i i would really yeah, just just again, what are the inner workings? What created that? So one thing that makes you giggle, lightning round. One, what thing, makes you giggle? one thing that makes me giggle. My first thing is just people, but like no one giggle, like like interacting with people. Uh that it's works, just that, human. That works. What one thing that makes you sizzle, like, oh, I'm so mad. I have a hard time seeing you mad, though I did see you slightly scowl in your 13-year-old shirtless, like uh-huh. picture your sort of boss. I see you show oh. So it was, you look like you were, uh, you know, wanting to pick a fight in that one. That's the only thing I could see even slightly ever being sizzled. Is there anything that makes you mad? Like just makes you. Um, I, I like, I don't, I don't like, uh, people acting towards me or to other people in a way that is like demeaning. Like there's like when people like, like big egos, yeah. Like, I just have to, like, it's got to be in check. Like, I like the communities of people. Like, if there's that space, I just don't have time for it. I, and I, like, it makes me mad. And then I'll wind up being like kind of in that hippie vibe. Like, I'm like pretty committed to good vibes. Right. Yeah. I just don't do that well with aggressive, really aggressive personalities. Um, I wish that that wasn't like, like that was like you try to be as like open and especially like by nature and the definition of like how I do things. I don't want to be non-inclusive to everyone, but it's just like sometimes people rub you the wrong way in like kind of arrogance. And, and I don't like that. I don't like that one bit. 
there, like same, same, same. And you can feel it too. You can definitely feel it. So one thing, and so we're going to go quick. One thing you love to give. Oh, I'm just not supposed to be answering these in like large. No, I'm just because I, you've been so kind, Thomas, because I've had some technical difficulties on this. And I, I, I love, I love hearing all the things. So one thing you love to give. Um, I love to make people cocktails. Ah, okay. Signature drink. What's your signature cocktail that you make? I don't have a signature cocktail. Ah, um, you're that good. You're that good. Excellent. Yeah. Though I don't like to do like there are. There are drinks that I will, that I will make. Ooh, you want to know what's something that's, that I really enjoy making? Yes. yes. So very often is I I will take and make a cognac and and bitters. Um, hmm. This is like, but it's like a very particular type of bitters that I have. It's not like Angostura bitters. Like I'll do a like. 50-50 of Amaro. Amaro, Italian, means bitter. And people will use like lots of different types of bitters. There's like um, different types of Amaro, which actually are bitters. So, uh-huh. so I have I have like, I would make this sparingly because I have a bottle of Vecchio Amaro that you can't buy in the United States. It's like wow. brought from a friend. Or, like went to Rome, brought it back. And I was like, mix it with some Cavassier and, uh, Becky Omaro and Cavassier, uh, shaking over ice. Ooh. I just sounds James Bondish. I like it. I like it. T Fox. I like the way you roll. That's awesome. <laughs> One thing you love to get. One thing I love to get like as a gift food of all kinds. Very good. Very good. Breakfast sandwich. One thing you'll never, ever, ever do. One thing I will never ever ever do quick fox like really quick swift swift one word come on come on uh, one thing you'll never do um i will never skydive oh oh my goodness okay i've been skydiving this is so funny this is the second time someone else talked about this but okay good to know duly noted one thing that helps you through um my family Oh, I love it. Love it. This is for you, Michael, and all your siblings and your mom and dad. I, I, they sound lovely. And we would love to have Thanksgiving at your house, by the way. I, someone asked, Jen Jones Donatelli asked me if we'd come over sometime because your family is so uh, lovely. Thing that delights you. Quick, quick. One thing that delights you. First thing that comes to mind. I love a new favorite song. <laughs> ah, Okay, what what what's what is that right now? What what's your favorite song? I'm not feeling like I have a like I'm in a place right now. I'm not I don't have like a go-to like this is a jam. This is the song right now. So yeah, I can okay. feel better. All right. I'm waiting. One, one thing that frightens you. One thing that frightens me. Um, you know, I try to get rid of that stuff when I find things frighten me. Uh um, Great answer, Thomas. That's like a really good answer. That's a, okay. I'll take that. I'll take that. What's one thing on your bucket list? Thing on my bucket list. I just had a conversation, like a travel bucket list. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to do uh, Camino de Santiago, um, Spain. It's the way of Saint James. It's it's sort of like a like a spiritual journey like literally like walking in the footsteps of saint james and it sounds incredible i don't know why i have i don't have like a particular like draw to religious artifact type of 
places. That's not something that I aspired to like, I was like, Oh yeah, I've got to do this and that. that." But I I don't know at what point in time, whenever I learned about, about that, I was just like, I think that I want to go there. Um, And I had had some sort of draw. So that's actually, I, that came up yesterday in a conversation try to um i try to set things up like i have projects things are like this is how i want to live my life so i'm just like try to set things up to be more and more how i want to spend my time every day i'm not currently spending my days exactly how i want to i'm just like trying to work my way towards like how i want to spend my time good for you and i hope you make a song out of that pilgrimage by the way and i want to have you back on and i'm delighted that you made the time to get together with me today truly thomas almost done what's one thing no one would believe about you we're this like like our second to last question one thing Uh, no one would believe about you no one would believe about me i mean people don't tend to believe that at any point in time i was like a really shy and introverted person Yeah. Well, yeah. Yes. Okay. One thing that you want always to be true for you. I want to always, I want to always find time to dance. That's like, in. uh, I love that. Okay, great. And then, oh, and one last thing. Those, so this is the floor. Anything you want to say as a parting espresso shot or next thing with Jing shot. Is there anything you want to share with the listeners with a like minute that we have left? I just want everybody to come to the Vibe Garden. It's all my. It's all I'm working on right now. Well, it's not all I'm working on. I'm just like I've. I'm putting everything that I have into getting to this. This is a bigger thing. Not going to get to do it too much. This the way that it's developing. I. I think that it's going to be a very limited time window and a very like mm. special moment. Yeah. Um, and so. Like golden hour is going on and there's some other things that I'm working on that are going to get to go on. And I I think that people will get to experience it. I I don't, I think like this, this particular project is going to be very, very unique. So yeah, I hope a lot of people come. So check it out. We're going to put it in the show notes. I think everything you do is very special, but I can't wait for you to come back on when you have yet another next thing and new thing as your uh, podcast hat. This, yeah, I do these things. And I told someone that this morning that like people usually find their way here when they're trying to figure out their next thing. I think that I told it that's, that's a normal uh, response. Why are people here? Yeah. People are trying to find their next thing. So they're, trying to figure that out. Thomas Fox, this has been so delightful, heart opening. And I want to thank you, Michael, this beautiful, I start the day and end the day with you. So again, it's fantastic to just know you and, and see all the love and light and leadership and fun that you bring and to a dance floor, to a stage, to a river, honestly, that's another thing, your Grand River event. So I'm delighted that we are kindred spirits in creativity and colleagues. And I'm so happy that you came on Next Thing with Jay. All the best, Thomas. Thank you so much. I'm glad we met. I'll give your mom and Michael a hug. This was so much fun. And I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you soon, okay? The next thing. Gotta find <laughs> the next thing. Want to design a work life and real life you love and your own next thing? Reach out for one-to-one consulting, group coaching, or book me for speaking. Follow along on Insta at juju.jing and LinkedIn. And if you're loving the pod, I'd love for you to hit subscribe and leave a review. Learn more at jinging.com and otherbrowngirl.com. 
Thanks so much for listening to Next Thing with Jing. Share your light, be the spark, start your new story. Keep shining even when things go dark. Cheers and here's to your next chapter, new adventure starting now. Catch you next time on Next Thing with Jing.